Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And as usual of late, I am joined by Tiffany in Rome. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Katie. I'm in Seattle, of course, still. Uh, none of us are really going anywhere. So I'm not only in Seattle, I'm in Seattle in my house, and Tiffany's in her house in Rome. <laughs> and what does it really not feel like is just around the corner right now, besides eminent freedom from our homes, hopefully, is Easter. Yeah. In fact, when we, you and I were planning to what we were going to do for this episode, Easter didn't even pop into mind no. until I woke up in the middle of the night and thought, oh, <laughs> normally this would be a major Roman holiday yeah. this weekend, and it totally slipped my mind. So what do you think? What's the view of what's going to happen this weekend without all the pilgrims flooding Rome? Yeah. I mean, I first of all, I just it, you really cannot overstate how important Easter is in Rome. It's significantly more important than Christmas here. I mean, obviously children are, are, are more excited about Christmas, but when it comes to the religious aspect of the holiday, Easter is the more important, is truly the highest Christian holiday. And for Rome, it is a big deal. And it goes on for more than a week, the whole, all of the different celebrations. And there's so many different events with the Pope. And I can't remember all the specific names for these things, but there's the day that the Pope washes people's feet. There's obviously Palm Sunday, which was just a few days ago. Every day has a different, very important mass. It's a big deal here. And people flood the city from all over the world. It's the busiest week pretty much the busiest single week um, as far as tourism is concerned. Yeah, it's crazy. And to think that not a single Roman, unless Italian even, but, you know, especially in Rome, with the exception of people who are, you know, priests and organists and deacons and a few other, you know, important clergy, important people, um, no one else is going to get to go to church on Easter. For people who aren't Christian or Catholic, that might not seem like a huge deal, but it's a huge deal for, for a lot of, especially very practicing Catholics in Rome, particularly all over the world. But it's it's a big deal here. There's going to be no public services. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and in Rome specifically, like the heart of the Vatican, the very heart of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. to have nothing be going on. But I guess there is something going on. It's like, like the Pope is going to do nothing, yeah. sleep in, take the day off. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are doing it. In fact, they had a big, um, he, ha- he gave a mass. It wasn't on Palm Sunday. It was a few days before. And it was in St. Peter's Square. And it was outside. It was a really gray, rainy, unpleasant night. And it was, I don't know if you caught any of it online, but it was very eerie. Because, you know, we're used to seeing the Pope give mass in St. Peter's Square every Wednesday or on other very important occasions. And it's packed, you know, there's like no room to move. And it was totally empty with the exception of a few, you know, other priests. Yeah, wasn't he also being rained on? It was raining. Mm -hmm. And there was a special crucifix there that had been brought from a church on Via del Corso, which apparently it's some kind of miraculous uh, crucifix that had stopped a plague a thousand years ago or 
supposedly. And so that was brought to the Vatican and that was brought to St. Peter's and it was there. It was very moving. I have to say it was very, not eerie, that's not the right word, but it's one of those things where you're watching it and you're like, this is something I've never seen and I will never see again. It just totally historic moment, like something that is so completely out of the ordinary. He also gave his Orbi et Orbi speech at that Mass, which is something that he usually only does on Christmas Day, on Easter, and on the day he's elected. So that was also kind of an interesting thing. But when it comes to this Easter, from what I understand, there will be services in the churches. I don't, I don't know if all the churches or some, but there will be church services. But like I said, no one gets to attend. So it's going to be very different. And is the Pope going to appear again? Well, I don't. I don't know exactly what he's going to do. I do know that a lot of churches are going to have, and maybe have been having, even up until this point, their services broadcast over the internet. I'm like 99% sure that the Vatican will do the same. It wouldn't make sense that they wouldn't, because they do it anyway, even when it's public. You know, they have everything on TV or on the, on the internet. So yeah. I think that people, you know, will be able to celebrate in their homes if they wish to via their own church's site or the Vatican or whatever. But it is strange. I mean, beyond being such an important religious holiday, it's also like the kind of beginning of spring, the unofficial beginning of spring. And, you know, it's fun to get dressed up and go to church and then go to brunch and, you know, put on a cute outfit and walk in the sunshine. It's just, it's a nice day to be with your family and to be out and about and to be stuck at home on that day. It's kind of, there'll be no Easter egg hunts unless of course you do like, we do Easter egg usually at home because usually during Easter time, Aurelia was suffering from some kind of dramatic allergy related bronchitis. Are you going to be doing an egg hunt in your house this weekend? Definitely. 100% for sure. I already have the eggs. Yeah. Uh, Do you think you'll be attending an online service as well? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we might tune in to see like the Vatican, what's going on there just because it's so such a rare and crazy sight. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, but we'll definitely do the Easter egg hunt. And I wanted to like have an actual present for Aurelio for Easter, but I can't get any toys. (laughs) Like even Amazon, like everything's sold out or it takes too long or... So I went to the supermarket and my supermarket used to sell toys and they don't anymore. So like I'm looking like, is there anything? I found a tub of Uh (laughs) Play-Doh and I found a little kids magazine with a Playmobil figurine, just like one. All right. (laughs) And then a comic book. (laughs) So I have a few things for him. Plus, of course, they've got a zillion chocolate eggs. That's not the issue. (laughs) So he's got plenty of chocolate coming. Yes. Well, you have a couple more days. You could knit him a scarf or something. Yeah, that's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) But what about you guys? I mean, I don't know the situation over there. Are churches open? Are they, are services happening? Uh, whether or not churches are open depends entirely on where you are in the country. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the vast majority of the country right now, churches are s- shut down, just mm-hmm. like schools. There are a few holdouts, holdout states that are keeping them open. Right, like Wyoming. But in Seattle, they are all closed. They are all online. And some of them are even doing multiple services, which, of course, I was like, well, why would you do that? Why would you do an 8 a.m. and a 10 a.m.? When is this going to be online? But apparently some churches are still honoring the traditional versus the contemporary service. <laughs> so do you want rock music or do you want to 
hymnal music. Ah. I would think that all that would just go by the wayside during this period of time, but apparently not. <laughs> and it's funny, actually, because Derek and I, we don't have a church that we go to in Seattle. But when we were moving back to Seattle, there was a church that's actually on our street, like the same road I live on, right at the end of it is a church. And so we decided that we would go check it out just because, because it's the terminus to our street, you know, why not go mm -hmm. in? Yeah. And it's so funny because we went one time and we ended up on the list. And now because of the coronavirus, they have created a church call chain where oh, no. different volunteers from the church are assigned different people to call and check in on every single week. Oh, that's sweet. And so this woman <laughs> named Joy calls me every Monday and checks in to see how we're doing. And, <laughs> and the first time she called, she said, uh, oh, I've just finished talking to so-and-so. Do you know her? And I said, no, I don't. And then she's like, oh, I also talked to so-and-so. Do you know them? And I said, Joey, I've only been to your church one time. I don't know anybody there. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, that's okay. I'll continue to call and pray for you. And then after this is all over, you guys can come back and get to know everyone. That's kind of sweet, though. It is sweet. So, yeah, I talked to her yesterday on the phone. She sounds like she's not knowing her. She sounds like she's maybe in her 80s or 90s even. Mm -hmm. And wow. I always feel like, why are you calling me? I should be calling you. Do you need anything, <laughs> yeah, Joy? Right. Should I go to the grocery store for you? <laughs> but anyway, she let me know that as far as that church is concerned, <laughs> they will be doing online services this weekend. And they're going to erect a giant wooden cross in the front lawn and if we have any flowers in our yard, we're supposed to cut them and drop them somewhere on Saturday night, and they're going to staple them all over the cross oh. so that it's covered in flowers on Easter day. That's cool. That's what's going on here. My my family has talked about all getting together on Easter morning online. Oh, online. And actually okay. dressing up for the occasion. Oh. Now, I don't know if we've actually decided on that. My father is a retired uh, minister, Presbyterian minister. And we asked him if he wanted to come out of retirement and preach for us as a family. And he said, heck no. Aww, so that's too bad. That would have been really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from my internal perspective on Easter, beyond the religious stuff, it was a very exhausting time for ministers, my father included. I bet. And so while it has a lot of energy around it and like five times as many people are coming to the services, it's so relaxing to a minister to have it all be done as well because it's so much work. <laughs> and so when Easter's over, it's like, oh, you might as well lay on the couch for a week and eat potato chips. So I think that once my father retired, I think he was really sort of ready to be done with the pressure of Easter. That's so funny because... <laughs> That's funny because I used to do tours at the Vatican, as you know, and I remember those Easter weeks. I mean, I remember it just being hell. I mean, and I'm just talking about doing tours of the Vatican, not nothing religious, but just so many more people were there that it was just so crowded and it was so overwhelming. And, you know, God forbid you work for a company that forced you to do like three tours a day. Mm. I just remember like the first time that I decided I wasn't going to work Easter week this light bulb went off in my head and I was like, I can just not work this whole Easter week. Cause I was always, always look forward to it because it was extra money. 
I was like, you know what? I don't have to do this. Oh, the first time I ever took Easter week off of being a tour guide, it was exactly what you're saying. It was, ah, oh. <laughs> liberation. Liberation. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. I get it. It's like he has, he has Easter trauma. Almost. Well, I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of a massive, you have to come up with a really engaging talk. Yeah. Every year. For a vast majority of people who don't come regularly. Right. Try to make it interesting from year to year because for the people who are only showing up at Christmas and Easter. So it's always the same material. Oh, gosh. And it's like a performance of one. I mean, yeah, you're you're orchestrating the elements of the service and there might be a choir director or something. But really, it's it's really all about how you deliver whatever you've come up with to talk about. So it's like being in a play with all this work going into a play, but you only do it one day and then you do it four times in a row. So yeah, I I definitely sympathize. Yeah. I feel like the Protestant ministers have a little bit more pressure on them to perform and to be really interesting. Cause I feel like in the Catholic church, like so much of the service is just the ritual of it mm-hmm. and the repeating of the lines that everybody has memorized and the different moments and the different things, the different prayers. And the actual homily is like this kind of, you know, it's not that exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, obviously. And it rarely has to be more than 10 minutes long. Whereas in the Protestant church, the whole service is building toward whatever. Yeah the minister is going to say exactly it has to be at least 20 minutes Oh, (laughs) yeah so i don't know i don't know what we are going to do i mean we're not going to the grocery store anymore so we don't have any kind of at all special treats no i mean we really tried to stock up to try to stay indoors for as long as possible from here on out so we don't have any treats i think the only thing that we have in the house that's remotely chocolate is some andy's mints that are in the freezer so Derek might gorge on those, and that'll be it. <laughs> you don't have time to order something? Uh, everything's backed up, as far as I know, so I don't think we could get anything in time. I know that in Italy, a lot of the independent shops, the small alimentari food shops or the little bakeries or these these types of places that have had to, some of them have had to close to the public, they will do deliveries. If you want your special Colomba Easter cake, from this special artigiano you can order it and they'll deliver it to you is that not happening there not that i know of but i haven't really looked so i don't know it probably is happening to a certain degree you might find something yeah a chocolate shop might have like a chocolate like a what i'm just trying to think in in america you don't do the big chocolate egg do you uh, I think some people do. Yeah. I couldn't remember if that was a thing there because I haven't celebrated Easter in the U.S. <laughs> in like <laughs> so long. Yeah. I'm, I know. I remember the Cadbury cream eggs. Yes. Those, those are, those those are my are favorite. Those are still around. Yes. Yeah. I think for us, it will seem very much like a very normal day mm-hmm. unless me and my family all get together online wearing dresses and suits. <laughs> <laughs> That'll seem unusual. Yeah. But I also have to work on Easter afternoon. I'm, I'm filling in as, an, a, as a host on KOW. So for me, it will be just another Sunday. It'll be just another day. Yeah. In Italy, there's an expression, Natale con i tuoi, Pasqua con chi vuoi, which means Christmas with your family, Easter with who you want. Mm. Like you're allowed to spend Easter with who you want, whereas Christmas you have to spend it with your family. 
And I was just thinking about that expression today because it's like we're all going to be spending Easter stuck at home with whoever we live with, you know, whether that's our roommate, whether that's our parents, our children, or no one. Ourselves. (laughs) So it's like nobody is getting to pick this year Hmm. who they get to spend Easter with as opposed to what we traditionally should be able to do. Hmm. So I think it's going to be a different Easter for most people. I don't don't think many people are going to be having what they're used to. In fact, I haven't talked to my in-laws about it. I wonder if they're going to try to tempt us to come over and eat there on Easter. Mm. We have not gone over to their house since this began. I think the very first few days before it was really clear like what was allowed, we went over there like one or two times. But then we just shut it down and so... We haven't been over there at all. In fact, my mother-in-law misses Aurelio so much. I know. (laughs) She hasn't seen him in a month. It's going to be strange for them to have Easter and know that we're just down the street and that we're not there, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe you can do what my family does and all jump online in your dresses Mm -hmm. and your Easter finery and (laughs) hang out for a little while. And you eat your bowl of pasta and Aurelio (laughs) eats his chocolate egg and everybody sort of hangs out together for a little while. Well, we think we'll probably do a video chat. I don't think we'll get dressed up because they don't get dressed up for... I mean, people don't get dressed up here for Easter. Hmm. That's interesting. Strangely. Yeah, especially they don't do like to do the pastels. Like my first few years in Italy, I was always like pulling out the pastel clothes on Easter and everybody else is like dressed in black. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention is that Easter Monday in Italy is a holiday. It is the day when traditionally people go for picnics in the park. It's like the unofficial first day of picnic season of spring. And I can't, I mean... It's usually rainy, to be honest. That day, it always rains mm-hmm. for like the past 10 years. I remember we're like, oh, why does it always rain on Pascueta? But uh, this year, no matter the weather, we're all going to be stuck inside. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, you should make it look like a picnic somehow. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think I might. Claude, I really has been talking about having a picnic indoors. Mm-hmm. I think I will plan that. I have a really cute picnic basket that I got for my wedding. It's super cute. And it has like everything in it. The wine glasses and the plates and the bottle opener. It's super cute. So I think I'll do that. I think I'll throw a picnic in our living room. I love that. I love <laughs> that. So, well, I guess we'll leave it there. Happy Easter, everyone. Yes. Uh, those of you celebrating or not celebrating. And welcome spring and yeah. this interesting time. I want to just quickly thank two people. I mentioned it on Monday's episode that, of course, because of this uncertain time, everybody's income is changing, suffering in some cases. And so I did want to thank two other people who stepped up to help support this show recently, Keith in Seattle and Catherine in Olympia. Thank you so much for sending in your donation. If you do have a little extra money and you want to keep this show going, the bills are keep coming even though um, pledges are down. So if you feel like you want to throw a dollar or two in the ring, you can visit our website, thebittersweetlife.net, and donate there, or you can find us on Patreon. Just look for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. There are links in the show notes, of course, and we really do appreciate anything you can do to help. Yeah, and thanks to all of our regular supporters on Patreon as well. Yes. Because they make a huge difference. Yeah. And we're going to leave it there. 
Until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life. Yes.